Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. here today for another episode of the Youth Fitness Podcast, and we're going to talk, Jeff and I are going to just have a conversation about the idea of labels. And what we mean by that is really understanding why a parent might not communicate their child's needs via some sort of label, and some sort of label like, my child is ADHD, my child is on the spectrum, my child has any special needs of any kind. There's a multitude of reasons why they might not want to communicate that to you. Privacy being the first one, medical privacy. People are very serious about that, and they may not want anybody to know about a diagnosis or certain aspects of things showing up in their child. They think that there are, and this is a very good reason for thinking there are, assumptions surrounding what they consider a label. And then their child is an individual and they want to maintain that their child is taken care of and supported as an individual, not as a label. And an analogy we like to use about that is if you think of when someone says, I've got allergies, that can mean so many different things and play out in so many different ways that that label is almost unnecessary or moot because it's so non-specific to the individual. And so there are so many reasons then, good reasons, why parents don't want their their child labeled in any way. From a coach's perspective or a gym's perspective or an organization's perspective, we have to think about how we best address the needs of a child. So there is some tension between how much we're told and we know and how well we can support the child and a parent's decision not to talk to us about that. We have a couple... couple Tell us a couple stories. Yeah, a couple stories. So first story we're going to talk is about a young lady we're going to call Kylie. And uh, her parents came around and it was long time ago when Brandex was first starting out and uh, they brought her in for a martial arts class and we talked to the parents she came on she was one of our first uh, martial arts students but she just didn't she didn't thrive uh, other kids came in and joined other kids kept moving forward she didn't thrive we would make corrections with her we would talk to her about what she needed to needed to fix and she would simply go about doing it exactly the same way she always you know whatever working on the same way, same way that she always did. Yeah, she would nod at us as yeah. she was taking in the information. Right, and she was respectful, she seemed to listen, she she clearly wanted to do what we asked her to do, 
and but she just didn't make change. And it was quite some time before we found out that the parents had failed to tell us that she was significantly hard of hearing. She was almost fully deaf. The problem we had, we, we could have addressed this so much better if we had understood this and known this about her. And, uh, you know, it really broke our hearts for a long time yeah. afterwards, yeah. realizing how hard she'd struggled, what a great kid she was. But uh, it was frustrating to us as instructors, and we, we, we just didn't understand why you know, we would simply, you know, tell her something she would and then not make the correction. So uh, not understanding that about uh, Kylie's, uh, what Kylie, uh, struggles that Kylie had. It was difficult because difficult we, we would have brought other tools to the game. Had we known that, right. there would have been a lot more visual instruction. There would have been a lot more eye contact when we were speaking to her to make right. sure that she could see our, our lips and read what we were saying clearly. If, we, if our heads were turned and we were making it really difficult for her to understand us, we didn't have a clue. So, yeah, that was an important miss on that one. Do you want to talk about Taylor? Oh, yeah. Taylor was one of my favorite kids, and this was the opposite situation. The parents came in without Taylor, talked to us. Taylor was on the spectrum. He often acted out, and he needed some special care. And the parents came in, talked to us, said, can we uh, have Taylor in the classes? We said, sure, we'd give it a try. He was probably overall one of my favorite kids because he was just going to do something unique and unusual every single time he came into <laughs> class. Um, but it wasn't generally disruptive. No, he had lots of joy to spread. He had a lot of joy to, sp to spread. But I remember one time that we were finishing up class, and he raised his hand, and he was said, you know, see for Jeff, see for Jeff. And I went, you know, we're almost done. We've got like a minute left, and I'm going to be done. I'll come talk to you. And he just, see for Jeff, see for Jeff. <laughs> and Taylor, please, uh, just I just need one more minute to finish up the class. And then he proceeded to spit, and I don't know, it was... It was a projectile spit. Yes, and I looked at him just in shock, and he looked at me and he said, well, I tried to tell you, and he had, and I went, and having been aware of, of uh, Taylor's needs, I should have paid attention, and I didn't, and I paid for that, but... Another story, another situation where we were told, uh, a little girl named Susie, uh, her mom came in and discussed with us her needs and could we serve her very clearly at the outset. She came in and said, my daughter has heart issues and she has been cleared by her doctors to exercise, but these things may occur during her exercise. And those things that were described were scary. This was a six-year-old little girl, and she might turn blue suddenly, but there was a way to address what she needed. Um, she was born missing a... a chamber of her heart, and they had built another chamber in the heart. So pretty serious, pretty serious stuff to be aware of. In that case, we said, you need to stay here for every class, the entire class, because should something occur, we are not going to be the best people to know what the appropriate response is or to understand when something is starting to occur. So that was that was one of those situations where that communication and that understanding was absolutely critical. And I think one of the things that we that we took away from that was you know the parent. There were 
not a lot of times, but a couple of times where the parent intervened and said, we need to, she needs to sit down now for, for a few minutes. And she did, and everything was fine. But having the parent there was critical to uh, her being safe and her caring um, too. Yeah, yeah. And the, that's, that's the number one thing, is that kids are okay when they're in our care, right? They're, they're safe when they're in our care, and we all, we all want that. So that's got to be a primary thought process. We also had a few times over the course of 20 years an awareness of kids who were clearly struggling with gender identity. And that, that was a, a situation fraught with uh, opinion and also concerns about how other children, children reacted and, and not so easy to talk to parents about. In one case, the parents seemed to be quite aware and very willing to discuss what was going on. And in another case, the parents seemed to be entirely ignoring that this was happening. And there's some, some tension between how to handle a parent who is, you, you see there's something going on and they're in denial, and the need to communicate so that we can best serve and keep that child feeling safe in our environments. So, so what do we want to talk, really give you from this, this discussion today? And that, that, is, that is, we want to give you some takeaways. What can you take from having listened to this and apply immediately to help you deal with some of these situations where you're not going to be told and then how to respond when you are? So uh, the, uh, 2006, we were seeing this happening And we found a statement that came out of a major, I think, lawsuit in a college. And they wrote this statement that we just thought was magical. And that is, what do I or we need to know to best serve the needs of your child? If you add that to your registration, your sign-in, your your take-in discussions, whatever you call that period of time where you're getting to know your client and the customer being the parent, the client being the child, that question needs to be asked. In this way, a parent can feel safe telling you what their kid needs without giving a label, or if they choose to, they can give you what we would call a label and and a set of information. But we did find this was a magical question. It did start to really alleviate these situations where we weren't told anything. We would start to be told things like, my child is very act, very reactive to uh, busy environments. He likes everything to be the same when he gets there. Sometimes sounds will set him off. He's not very social. He doesn't like to be touched. And that would give us a, a real idea of how we needed to treat that child and understand what might trigger them towards certain behaviors. The second thing to do is, you know, sometimes just having a discussion with the parents and, and you understand what the child's needs are, acknowledging with the parent that uh, to serve the child best, the parent should stay on site for every class and be there for the whole class. Certainly in the case of uh, Susie and, in, and even in Taylor's uh, case, the parents stayed on site and really helped us give the child the best experience they could have. Class, and I think finally the third one is to go back to that allergy allergies analogy. You know, I think it's really important to understand that, like, like Mickey said, that somebody can say, "Hey, I've got allergies." You know, Mickey and I both have hay fever. Well, 
I get hay fever and I get stuffy and Mickey gets hay fever and she, and she gets, her skin gets rashy and itchy. So we present in different ways. And, you know, you'll have kids just having a label of, oh, my kid is on the spectrum. You know, some of those kids are, uh, you know, they react to badly to loud noises or to some, another kid might react badly to a, a change in, in, in the daily routine. But they all, we can't just say, oh, you have this, you're, you're this, and accept this label without kind of getting to know the child and understand yeah. how those things present in that child and, and what we can do to really help minimize any reactivity from the children. Right. To have a good response to things that might be unusual or different and also to help the other right. the other children and the class understand that it's all just a part of, you know, the variety of people in the world and we're all a little bit different and normalize that. Right. And looking back on classes and I was so proud of how the kids would accept somebody like you know, Susie or Taylor and just as part of the as part of the group. And I think it is about understanding that people are unique. Everybody's unique and and, and that all of the kids understand that. That's it for the Youth Fitness Podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and you'll come back again next time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, You can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.